0: Today is uh, June 23rd, 2020, and I want to welcome all of you to our weekly Options Tribe webinar. Uh, SMB training holds the Options Tribe webinars every Tuesday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern time throughout the year. And the purpose of the Options Tribe is to help you to learn information about options strategies, options theory, adjustments, technical analysis, even trader psychology, in order to help you to improve uh, your skills as an options trader. So uh, before we get started, I want to point out that SMB training is not a broker-dealer. We're doing these webinars for educational purposes only. Today's webinar does not contain any live positions. Everything will be hypothetical and therefore not subject to the market factors of liquidity, slippage, and commissions. I also want to point out that options trading is risky, as is all forms of investing and trading. So you shouldn't expose any of your capital to it until you read the document your online broker has, which explains those risks thoroughly. And more importantly, you need to get a good solid options training uh, and education. You need to do a lot of paper trading and back testing. And when you do start trading live capital, start for an extended period of time with a very small amount of capital relative to your net worth and net income so that as you're on, on that learning curve of how options respond to different market conditions, you won't be doing so with a large amount of capital at stake. Okay, welcome everyone. And I would like to welcome back to the options tribe. A perennial favorite guest, John Locke, who's got his own elaborate teaching process going on. He's also the inventor of many, many, many—probably the most prolific inventor of option strategies out there uh, in the world—and a guy on our trading desk, a guy who's been who's produced tons of information and content for SMB over the years. John Locke. So, welcome back to the Options Drive, John. Hello, everybody. John is here today to do a couple things. One of them is to answer any questions that you have about the M3 strategy. And most of you are sort of familiar with it in one way or another. uh, And John will be going over some material to kind of review that for you. But those of you who are generally familiar with it, you might have some questions about it and you might as well ask them to John directly. John will be presenting uh, some aspects of the M3 trade. But he's also, uh, you know, here in, in large part to answer any questions you have about the strategy. Uh, and then we have a really special offer for you at the end of the session. So I think you're going to want to stay for that. It's a unique offer, something we've never done before when we've had special uh, offers on the M3. So I think you're going to want to hear what we have in mind. So, John, uh, I am
1: going to turn the desktop over to you. Well, hello everybody, and yeah. So today I'm here to answer some questions about the M3. I'm also going to talk a little bit about what's going on with trading strategies in the market nowadays, and some analytical software stuff. And you know, and you know, time time permitting, maybe we'll, we'll run over some examples, and we'll talk about income trading in general as we go along too. I'll give you some general information about the M3, and this was developed by me back in 2007 and the reason i developed it is essentially to help traders learn how to do ops, complex options type of trading strategies it was never really developed initially as you know a, a, a trading system i didn't really necessarily believe in just following rules and doing that for regardless of the market conditions, and hoping things work out. So it was more developed around solving the puzzle of income trading, and that's what we did with it. Since then, though, an interesting thing, we started working on one-on-one with students and developing traders to fine-tune the strategy itself, fine-tune the learning process within the strategy, and we finally released the strategy in 2011. So an interesting thing about the M3 is we have a very, very long history of success in the live markets. We've had students trading this thing since 2007. We've been through all types of markets. Yes, we've had some modifications and changes along the way, adapting to newer market conditions and new market ranges and things like that. But the base core aspects within the strategy have never changed. They have always been the same. And many people, including myself, we've utilized the M3 both to learn to become consistently profitable traders and as a trading strategy to uh, trade uh, in most market conditions. So the other thing, too, is we have our more advanced strategies, such as the ROC strategy, and the M3 is a core part of learning to do something like the ROC strategy. And if you'd like to see some examples of this strategy. You can go to the winningtrade.com. It's a website where I do two winning trades a month, and sometimes there's the M3 there. Sometimes there, there's other trading strategies as well. But it gives you an idea of the way we trade and what we're trying to learn to do, utilizing the M3 strategy. And of course, there's another place to uh, tradingperformancepodcast.com where we start talking about trading performance and things like that. Okay. As far as returns, right? We're always talking about returns on strategies, and there's a difference between back testing a strategy and tracking a strategy real time. Okay, in back testing we can make decisions we have uh, and we can go back and we can change those decisions and a lot of times we unconsciously do that. It's really easy to form fit a strategy or whatever to the past. Mm-hmm. One of the unique things about the M3 is when we developed the M3 in 2007 or in, it was actually starting in 2006 but when we did that we didn't have back testing data. I mean we had option view it had data back to like 2004 it was really spotty and it didn't have data on options that you needed and there was really none of this going back and form fitting stuff we had to literally look at the market and judge what the market's doing and then make our best guess at what type of strategy would work out and we put the we put a set of rules together and it's not a situation where Like a lot of strategies that get developed nowadays, they'll go back, they'll put a set of rules together, you'll go back and you'll back test it and you'll fine tune it to the past, okay, in other words, tweak the strategy to the past so that you're making all the right decisions at the right time or enough right decisions at the right time so that you can create a strategy that looks good through the past, okay, and what you have when you do that is you just have a a strategy that was form-fitted to the past and you have no... It doesn't necessarily have any relationship to what's what going to happen in the future. Here, we did we put this rule set together without knowing the past, and you know we've tested it through many many years. And since two thousand twelve, uh, well, the program came out in two thousand eleven, I think mid year or towards the end of the year, and the first full year we had was two thousand twelve. I have a Monday morning webinar I've been doing. I don't know. We're up to over eight hundred episodes, I think. And we've been doing it that long, so 800 weeks. How many years is that? It's a lot. But we've been tracking the M3 since 2012 real-time. And, again, these are real-time simulated trades. They're so not necessarily live trades. But we are making decisions real-time. We're following a set of guidelines. And, you know, as time goes by, sometimes we do adapt a little bit to the environment. We, we, you know, we do rules. And when we do that, when we do our updates like uh, the M3 program, when Seth talks to you about it later, it has multiple updates where we make minor changes. The base rules have generally been the same, but, but there are minor changes that go from year to year. But these other returns that we've been having, and these are trade-for-trade trade returns over the last, I don't know, what is this, seven or eight years, you can see that they are really incredible as far as that goes. So we have a yearly average of about 50.7% trade-to-trade, and our 2020 year-to-date is uh, up about 179 So that's what I have, I guess, for my initial spiel <laughs> and, uh, uh. or speech about the M3. And, uh, you know, we can, you said you had a couple questions.
0: We did. The first one is anonymous attendee would like to know what modifications would you make to the m three. In a volatile market, when the RUT price range is much wider than usual,
1: right. So this is part of becoming a great trader, right? and understanding things. What I'll actually do is I will talk about what we have been doing lately. The challenge we're actually having now, okay. You know, as time goes by, you need to adapt to a lot of things. Sometimes people just assume it's market conditions, but one of the challenges we're having now is the analytical software. Yeah. Right now, the option view analytical software. It's not projecting consistent or steady T plus zero line profiles. That's our bigger challenge, right? Because our analytical software we're using is not reacting properly, and we have to deal with that. So we can actually talk about that as well. So why don't why don't we move on to the other ones? Other, do you have okay. other questions? And then, um, well, I'll address um, them a little bit later.
0: Yes. The question is, if you bring an M3 trade into expiration, do you – have any rule change that is not there earlier in the trade? I don't know if, oh. if the "rule" is the right word, but any you know kind of measurements that are different
1: or so in the program we bring the trade into expiration very often. In other words, if we don't hit profit target or we don't max loss out, most of the time we're going to bring the trade into expiration according to the guidelines. Now that said, does it make sense to? do things a little bit differently when you're coming into expiration and the answer is you yes i mean you want to watch what your price movement risk is so we have an idea of how much the russell can move in general on a, a relatively big move and you want to make sure that your risk level in that case is acceptable should the Russell come out and have a really big move the next day because we have overnight gaps we have very large moves during the day and the M3 we don't generally test we don't check it during the day we're according to the guidelines we're checking it once at the end of the day so you know we can have a substantial move by the end of the day within the markets but that being the case you want to just have an idea of what your risk is on your T plus 0 line make sure it's acceptable to you and I don't remember on the last date if we did update if we did capital reduction, but the way to get the the most recent things we're doing with the m three is to be a go member on our membership and we're, we're going over the m three on a regular basis so we will we will do it at that point but generally, there's no real big rule changes I mean as a trader, we should always be analyzing what our risk is versus how much reward is left in the position. And you get into expiration week and you have to take a look at your chances of having this big blowout move and how severe that's going to be versus how much is left to make in the trade and then make a judgment call on whether to get in and get out. When we... When we do it by the guidelines, in other words, all the testing that we do and all when we do the Monday morning updates, generally we're going to stay in it until it's either expiration day, it max losses out, or it hits profit target. And on rare occasions, we will say, look, there's just too much directional movement risk. There's nothing we can do here to fix it. We're just going to get out. But that would be kind of rare.
0: Okay, we actually have a bunch of questions that have come in now. The next question is, John, I heard you mention that the M3 for you is more mechanical than the M3. What do you mean by this and could you give an example?
1: The M3 strategy is designed to, again, help traders become better traders and make better decisions. And in order to do that, we have to allow a certain amount of flexibility in the rule set. In other words, it's not going to be beneficial to you to have a very defined strict rule set and trade it the same way all the time through all market conditions. It doesn't mean a strategy can't make money over time that way, but ultimately, I would much rather see people develop into a trader who can actually start to make some subjective decisions. in other words, you know I'm often asked, you know do I do a vertical, do I move the long strike or the short strike yeah. or or, you know, should I have my call at 70 Delta or 50 Delta or, or 80 Delta? The reality is, is there's no right answer to that question because the right answer to that, que- to that question is going to be completely dependent on the situation you're talking about. You know, I can't tell you if somebody says, well, what's the best what's the best car? And it's like, well, it depends. What do you what do you want to do with it? <laughs> right. I mean, do you want to run it on a racetrack or do you want to you know carry a family of six people to a soccer game? And it, you know, through a snowstorm. It's going to be two completely different answers. So the the M3 allows us flexibility to do different things in, in different situations within the rule set, so there's some flexibility, where an M3.4U is essentially these are the rules, and that's it. Okay.
0: I understand. All right, so David Lang is asking, is it possible for you to show us a quick demonstration on how to use OptionNet Explorer software to backtest this method?
1: Yeah, I'm actually going
0: to show you one. Oh, okay. So. Great. All right. Good. Well, that will answer that question. Ken, would you like to know if you're having problems getting filled on the rut? Nope. Yeah, <laughs> I, I haven't either. It's That's a short and sweet answer. I'm not, I, I'm not, I'm not hearing complaints about it from people either. Well, so. you know,
1: from time to time, it depends on, first of all, it depends on what you're trying to do. I mean, if you're, most people don't have any idea of how to put an order in the right way. They look at an instantaneous mid-price and they just throw the order in and think that that's the mid-price, but that's not the case. I mean, mid-prices fluctuate all over the place. I mean, if you're reasonable with your pricing and you put your orders in at reasonable prices and you negotiate, uh, you should negotiate, it's no, it's no trouble whatsoever. If you you know, happen to see $2 posted on the mid and you get fixated on that $2, that posting where that instantaneous post may be a completely erroneous number for a mid price, and if you're trying to do that, then then yeah, you're going to have trouble. But I mean, they've been filling well. I mean, they haven't had any trouble. Yeah. I if mean, you're filling the time, something, yeah.
0: if you're filling something that you know is real, that's realistic, the synthetic equivalent is, um, you know, is close to the price you're trying to get filled. Then, in that case, it's. I, I agree. It's been easy. Easy filling it.
1: Yeah. Even in the really, really big days, I haven't really had any trouble.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's one thing I'm not hearing any complaints about. No, you you typically hear this complaints more on these slow grinding yeah. markets and 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 summer days and you know, that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, that's oh. when they get hard to fill. Yeah,
0: exactly. All right. Stefan is asking, is there a way to model a combination of a one lot rut with an IWM call in either Option Net Explorer or Option View?
1: Yes and no. <laughs> <laughs> we go over how to do this in a in the in the program. Yeah, one,
0: yeah, one of the bonus sessions is about this exact topic.
1: Right. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah, but essentially, you know, if you do one, if your actual position is one Russell butterfly and one IWM call, for example, then we're just going to model that as ten Russell butterflies and one Russell call, just like we would a fifty thousand dollar M three, and we're just going to take the and you're going to use what we call the companion strike. So if Russell's at $2,000, we are looking at the $200 IWM strike, and you're just going to buy that call option. And then you just model it in the software as the bigger position. You divide everything by 10 to get your actual numbers. And I would monitor profit and loss on your actual broker. I wouldn't do it because you, you can model IWM with Russell in Thinkorswim. Okay. Oh, you can?
0: Oh, yeah. I didn't, know, I didn't realize that. Okay. That's yeah,
1: yeah, you can do that. Yep. Okay.
0: Ken is asking, can Swim be used to trade the M3 effectively?
1: You know, I wouldn't recommend it in most conditions, especially low implied volatility conditions. And it's not that it can't be done. It can be. Well, put it this way. You can do whatever you want, right? But you're, you're going to get different Greeks numbers. You're going to get different T plus zero line profiles. Therefore, you're going to be positioned differently. And whether or not that trade is going to work out the same as if you had an option view, a lot of times it's not. That doesn't mean it's going to necessarily be any worse or not. But what I can tell you is if you get into a grinding up low implied volatility type of situation and you're using standard rules running it on thinkorswim or O&E you are going to lose money the analytical software does not it doesn't give you the delta to adjust it, it doesn't post it
0: so, right right yeah. and the whole thing was based on option view the when you put the whole yeah. thing together and I'm
1: often asked too and I listen answer this question now why did you develop it on option view it's because there was no other analytical software when we developed it <laughs> There was no such thing as O&E.
0: <laughs> had a monopoly. Exactly. <laughs>
1: right. That's all we uh, had.
0: <laughs> so Todd's saying that's an interesting question, referring to uh, Stefan's question about using the uh, IWM call. I don't use options. You just think or swim. But I've often wondered about marrying IWM and RUT strategies for NDX and the Qs, SPX and SPY. I have problem. He goes on to say he has problems uh, getting filled with the RUT all the time. When I sell weekly credit spreads on Friday, I have to haggle on price all the time to get filled. So I think that's more kind of in the comment realm. But I just want to make a a quick comment that you do sometimes have to haggle a little bit. You know, you're... You're not going to get mid all the time, you know. You well, can I mean,
1: mid's just an arbitrary number at any given time. That's the other thing. I mean, exactly. If, if you look at if you watched mid and the market wasn't moving much, and you saw the extreme ranges of the mid, and you hit it at the at the at the other extreme range that you're trying to hit it at, you're not going to have a problem filling it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? You, you just, no. you just, oh, I definitely yeah. know what you
0: mean. Yeah. I've been there, been so. there, and it's a painful place to be. Um, yeah. Doctor Frank is saying. <clears throat> He's noting your comment on here that M3 is the gateway to the rock, but the ROC is an intraday system. Is the M3 sufficient in its own rights without the gateway function?
1: Okay, I have to figure out how I would interpret that. That that's, question is stated like a good doctor would state it. <laughs> um, yeah, so the the rock trading strategy generally is not traded intraday. It's once a day. We, we only get intraday when we get to, in towards expiration and our gamut gets really, really high. Uh, but in general, it's not traded intraday. It's kind of rare when we trade intraday uh, on the rock. So that's not really the case. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as the M3. But that, and that was Dr. Frank's.
0: That was basically the import of his question was to yeah. find out. What, I, th- I think he's trying to say, what do you do if you really need to trade only once a day? And I think oh. the answer is the rock does that.
1: Um, yeah, yeah. The rock, the rock strategy. We generally are only going to trade once a day. And if you, if you, you know, uh, David Heinzen, right, is a pilot. He trades the rock strategy all the time. That's his core strategy. <laughs> That's so, right. So you know, he's not trading when he's up in the airplane. But you know, it's just a matter of it's just a matter of planning. And you know, if you get into a situation where you're just not comfortable leaving the position for a whole day. Of market trading, then you just get out of it and move on because it's it's generally not the yeah you know, generally it's not an issue, but occasionally it makes sense to go intraday. Okay,
0: great. Um, and Raul is asking why was the M three return so low in two thousand nineteen? What was it about that market that caused it to be particularly low?
1: So this is something that that everybody should be aware of for all trading strategies of this style is that. We trade implied volatility, and in order for these strategies to work out, it requires that implied volatility be essentially higher than historical volatility or the actual movement in the marketplace. So in 2019, we had a very unusual implied volatility structure where the market was actually moving much more than the implied volatility was allowing for, and that's essentially what happened that's essentially the issue there yep okay john i think that was all of the questions so
0: far that have you know that have come up before you've presented an example of a trade
1: so we got a question about trading m3 and one if you're going to trade m3 in uh one and by the way and I haven't talked to Seth about this yet, but we're likely going to be doing maybe an hour-long update to the M3 talking about some new guidelines that are going to set out for Mm O&E. But I'll I'll give you a kind of a a precursor of it right now. When we do an M3 in O&E or even any butterfly strategy, I would highly recommend doing an iron butterfly. One of the things, one of the reasons that OptionView works so well with an M3 is they have this function that combines put and call skews, and uh, they also have a, their own, you know, analytical calculations and stuff. But but one of the things is they combine put and call skews, and one of the things that happens with puts that are in the money is the implied volatility on the option that goes in the money. Tends to be inaccurate. I guess uh, I don't. That's probably the best word I could say for it. It's inaccurate. Mm -hmm. But when you combine it with the call, it averages out. Okay, it averages out to a nice thing. In other words, we should be able to. Okay, let me step up back a little bit. Uh, It averages out. But one of the the problem with the implied volatility being different on a put and a call is that your analytical model projects your T plus zero line based on the implied volatility of the options. So when you have a different implied volatility, you get a different T plus zero line. So in theory, a put butterfly, a call butterfly, and an iron butterfly, they're all synthetically the same. They should all have the same T plus zero line. They should all have the same Greeks, and they should all… Uh, okay and. Um, if you go into option view and you have your settings right, they do all have the same Greeks. They have the same T plus zero line, and, and everything's the same. When you go into O&E, if you do that, especially when you, there's big put call skews, you'll notice the T plus zero lines are extremely different. And that, obviously, if your T plus zero line is extremely different, your Greeks are all different, and you know, now you're making adjustments based on something on different factors. So one of the things we can do here is we can try and keep our options more out of the money, so to speak. So here, if we're going to be doing it with ONE, I found that it's much better off analyzing an iron butterfly. It's much more, rep- the T-plus airline and Greeks are much more representative of what they actually are. We can come in here and we can put iron butterflies in and that helps a lot. Okay. So if you're going to be doing or monitoring a M3, no matter you know whether it has whether you're using put butterflies, call butterflies, or iron butterflies, if you're gonna be monitoring it in uh, OptionNet Explorer or if you're gonna be monitoring it in a software like Thinkorswim, I would suggest doing iron butterflies for that purpose. Okay, you're gonna you're gonna get a lot closer to what the position should actually do. So that's ma- the main modification we're doing. And on top of that, we're also going to be cutting the maximum negative delta limits down for the ONE and and the thinkorswim. uh, profile, because even with the iron butterflies, we're still not getting enough negative delta showing up in our T plus zero line to make adjustments fast enough, okay? So that should answer that question. The other thing is, what are we doing to deal with the really, really, really large moves we're having lately? And what we've been doing with this, and again, this is going to be talked about in the update, these uh, these types of things we can't backtest, right? But what we can do is adapt to them real time. So the Options Training for Income Monday morning webinars, I adapted for this like right away. You can you know ask the members that were there. If you know anybody, we switched out the M3. As soon as the analytical model and Option View started going wacky, You know we adapted to that. As soon as we started getting these really, really big moves, we adapted to that. And that's part of, like I said, learning to become really good at trading. So one of the things that we're doing here is earlier on the M3s, When we were in high implied volatility, we would always try to get like an 80 or 90 delta call. And we would increase our butterfly size until we got that 80 or 90 delta call. So, you know, most of the time, butterflies at 56 days to expiration are around 10 bucks. And if you do 10 of them, you're going to get minus 80 delta. At $10, you're going to get minus 80 delta. And you can buy. A call to hedge that off at 80 ish delta or so so that is that's a normal condition when implied volatility gets high sometimes it takes 20 butterflies to get that negative delta sometimes it takes thirty sometimes it takes forty with the new implied vo- volatility environment that we've had over the the recent past here we're getting like three and four dollar butterflies that come in with a delta of like two mm-hmm. meaning you'd need a, a crazy amount of Butterflies to get minus eighty delta, it would be crazy, and then of course the option view software itself was kind of going nuts, and it, they were actually positive delta, which wasn't the case, but that's what the software was was uh, portraying. So, anyway, we decided to limit our maximum size because one of the interesting things that a lot of people don't understand is that when the market movement starts to get really really big, what people tend to do is they want to go with a wider position, so they say, well, why don't we do 60-point butterflies or 70-point butterflies? But the reality is, as the market really starts to get crazy, you actually want to get smaller. You want to get, you know, we have a a trade called version 22, which is like an M3, sort of, except you widen and and you narrow the wings out, and we do that. Right? We widen the wings out when the implied volatility picks up. We narrow them out when the implied volatility slows down. But we only do that to a certain point. Once we hit a certain point, we start narrow. you know, a very high implied volatility, we start narrowing them back down again. And it's the same case here. You know, it's beneficial in general to go to 20 butterflies when implied volatility starts to get high. But when it starts to get out of control, then you're, much actually, you're actually much better off in a more narrow position and being more out of the money with the call, which we know, by the way, From the rock strategy, right? We have this position in the rock strategy called modified rock that we enter when implied volatility is very, very high. Mm -hmm. And that's essentially the way we're setting up the M3, kind of a cross between a normal M3 and what we call a modified rock strategy. And that's what we're doing here. We're coming in with our M3 and we're maxing this out at 20 contracts. Mm -hmm. So where we would normally put more contracts in, we're only going to 20. Then we're taking whatever our delta is. And then we're just hedging that off. And in this case here, I got 20 butterflies. I only have 32-ish, you know, about 31, 32 negative delta. And we're coming into a position like this. Now, one of the things you're going to find is a position with an out-of-the-money call actually reacts quite differently than a position with an in-the-money call. So we can, that being the case, can actually make other rule modifications, like not having to roll back when the market goes down to a certain point. If because a lot of times in this environment, what you'll notice is if you have a standard butterfly on, let me just take this call out. If you have a standard butterfly on, the T plus zero line actually peaks out down here, mm-hmm. which is what, 50 points, 60 points under the long strike? Yeah. My question to you is where do you want to play this butterfly? You want to play this butterfly here. You don't want to play it under the tent. You want to play it behind the tent. This is where you're going to get your maximum advantage. At least as long as you're fairly far from expiration, your maximum profit potential is actually back here. And the standard M three, we're adjusting back. Well, about ten points under the under the short strikes, so we're adjusting back here. But the reality is, we actually want we, we, we want to we want the price back here, or it's going to be beneficial for us to be playing back there. So we need to take that into consideration on our adjustments and not necessarily roll back. Again, you know, this goes back to being adaptable to the marketplace. If you have a 2013 environment, you cannot let these get underneath the short strikes. You will get creamed if you get a down move and you let it go underneath the short strikes. But this is a very, very different environment. And that's why, you know, taking one rule set and hoping just to trade it the same way all the time. Yeah, I mean, you can, like I said, you can make money over the long term doing that, but you you may end up in the process taking some very substantially long drawdown periods if you don't make any sort of adaptation. So this is what we've been doing with adaptations. And I'll just run, run you through this. And, you know, we'll talk about regular rules. So normally we wouldn't have a call way out here. Normally we'd have a call way back at, you know, the the 1050 level. And we'd have more butterflies on, but we're no longer doing that. We haven't been doing that since the implied volatility really picked up earlier in the year. I think it's in February. So, and I'll just kind of go day to day. I don't know how much time you have, but we can just run through this one example. Sure. So. We're a little bit faster to adjust outside the tent. The other thing with O&E is we kind of want to ignore vega. In our normal M3 program, we're very concerned about going negative vega. And we will be concerned about going positive vega when we're in a low implied volatility environment. In this environment, you're actually going to be positive vega when you're well under the tent a lot of the times. It's just the, the, the way the implied volatility skew is right now. It's producing positive VEGA way in here, plus you're in the out-of-the-money call. So that becomes irrelevant. But what we do like to do is do the roll-ups relatively quickly if we uh, blow outside. The other thing that we're generally not doing in this environment is we're generally not adding verticals in. We're keeping the trade small. So one of the things you should notice this is a $50,000 plan capital trade, right? we have a little over ten thousand dollars the reality is i don't i would say in the last well certainly since the market dropped a few months ago or several months ago now um, we haven't had ever gotten anywhere near fifty thousand dollars in a trade i mean it's been you know ten ten to fifteen thousand dollar range in the trades and of course we've been pulling our profit targets of say five thousand dollars. So for for invested capital, we've been getting near fifty percent, but for planned capital, it's been the normal ten percent. My point being that we're not because we're not big because we don't have those eighty butterflies on. We're not as sensitive to an adverse implied volatility move because if I put eighty butterflies on to get my my eighty delta. And I don't even know if eighty would do it, but if I actually did that, then uh, I'd be in a situation where if I get a weird implied volatility shift in the wrong direction, I'm I'm stopped out. I'm stopped out. So this uh, this helps stop that from happening. So we'll just kind of move on here. Mm-hmm. So same thing here. We get a uh, a really, really big up move, and we're outside the tent. We do another roll-up on this. So you see we're rolling up. I'm allowing positive deltas on the roll-up. I'm not getting too – in other words, I'm moving the butterfly, but I'm not really moving the call to bring my delta down. I would say if I get – over like ten delta for for a ten uh, for this size position, then we'll probably cut the delta back, but in general we're going to allow it to go a little bit positive. One of the reasons we can do that is because we're in and out of the money and the, the delta shaves off really the delta on the call itself shaves off to zero really really quickly on the downside, plus as we were saying, the butterflies are really not a problematic until we were way, way down here. So uh, you're almost a little bit better beneficial to be running a little bit positive Delta in this type of environment. Mm-hmm. So this is an example here where we would normally make an adjustment on our normal M3. We got a 43 point down move. We're more than 10 points below the short strikes, but look, there's, why would I do anything here? Okay, this is the difference between being just a flat rule follower and somebody who's a little bit observant saying there is absolutely no reason to roll this back. So we don't. We get here. There's still no reason to roll it back. I mean, we're looking at a six delta positive. We're way outside the tent. But like I said, this is really where you want to play the range of the butterfly anyway. So I'm just going to pop this a couple more days you can see we're getting a nice pop in profit and loss here okay and then we're just coming back down so see how 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 it makes sense to play your butterfly in this range at right. this point, you know, had I been rolling this back, I'd be fighting this up here. I'd be watching my T plus zero line collapsing and, and worrying about that. But there's really, there's no need to do that. In
0: this and this is where you see the advantage of the out of the money call instead of the at the money call. Or sorry, the, the deep in the money call, right? Because exactly. That, that you'd be really sucking wind on that call as the market pulls oh, back. You, and, and you, it's, you'd
1: you be stopped out by now if you did it, if you, if you cranked up to like 70 butterflies here, probably. Right. Very, very likely. Yeah. Right, right. So so here you can see and the other thing too is it, it, it really with this really big market move from day to day it really slows down our adjustments. Because before we would have been rolling it back, and then rolling it forward and rolling it back. So even if we survived it would have been a pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. So um so yeah, it makes just a, a lot easier to manage in the in the really big moves here. But Um, when we start to get a problem so it 's going to change depending on where the call is, mm-hmm. so right now the call 's here, and you know obviously if we hit, if we hit fifty delta, I would probably do a, I would probably do a rollback or drop the call back a little bit so I in in this environment, you know one of the things that we can do if we have like a forty nine delta call like we do right now and we start to run into downside trouble, we can actually kick that call. Back out of the money, right. and still play this range because right here is where I want to play this butterfly. So I'm not really concerned with it being back there as long as I can control my delta number.
0: Right. So actually, you're the 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 delta of the call is a major player now in the way you're managing this.
1: It is. Yeah. <laughs> interesting. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. That's really interesting.
1: Yeah. It's a very major player. Mm-hmm. Right. So here, let's see. I don't remember what. Ends up happening here, All right? So now we get another, we get another big up move, and we're outside the tent. Um, I think we're we're ten points past the long. Generally, gonna we're gonna do an up roll there. So I'm gonna up roll this. And oops, I don't want to go forward in a day. I want to allow the adjustment. So just resetting back to normal here. We are getting like twenty thousand dollars in the trade now. So, uh, and we're getting closer to expiration. The other thing we're doing is I'm just not allowing too much money to get to the trade. If too much money gets into it, then generally just going to let it go, and uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, and go into the next cycle. There's just no rather need. than keep throwing capital into it. There's no need to keep throwing capital in it. Yeah, there's just there's just too much opportunity elsewhere, given the size of the price movements, all right? So, all right. So this is another roll up here. So this is two roll ups in a row. We've done four roll ups. We've done no rollbacks. It's interesting even even though the market's had, been down quite a bit. Yeah, and you've had pullbacks in the middle of this. You did, right. Okay. There was just no need to roll it back. So so here, yeah, so here we're at 31 delta. So one of the things that we can do here, if you start getting nervous on delta, rather than rolling a whole butterfly back, is just to kick this back a little bit, which we do in the M3, M3.4U three the M kind of works this way. Um we just bring some delta out if if uh, if that's the case, if you get overly concerned.
0: So that way you're not getting that slippage and commissions that you get by rolling your butterflies around. You're just managing one probably very easy to fill credit spread.
1: Yeah, as I'm getting older and older, I don't want to move butterflies anymore. So <laughs> I just move calls around and stuff.
0: Well, your back. It's it's hard on your back, right? So you,
1: <laughs> that's, that's right. Yeah, I got to pick them up, move them. <laughs> We don't want to do that anymore. <laughs> uh, you know, initially, well, I, you know, when we developed, when I developed the M three, but I, you know, how much did I know about the market? I've been trading for like a year and a half, right? Right. Um, you know, now, now you know, we have the ability to just look at the market and just say, you know, I can just fix this position with a minor move. Why am I going to roll the whole thing back? <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We just start doing that. Um, and really nothing going on here. and this, this eventually just kind of I think this just settles into our um, okay so we had another now we have another big move. Uh, I, you know so now this is an example where I generally exit this because I probably wouldn't bother making the roll here. I'd probably just um, just let it go because we're getting more more money in the position and you get vulnerable to a down move. but if you yeah. are going to stay in, then, um,
0: I mean you're to, up 9 you're up 90% of your target profit at this point.
1: Right, right. I see now I have eighty
0: days expiration.
1: Now I have 80 what, $30,000 in this and I have right. an 80 delta what is it actually a 93 delta call. So now now I'm vulnerable to these really big down moves. So one of the things I could do here too, right, is I can And this is part of the flexibility of the M3. I could go back down to my standard contract size. Mhm. Uh, which I would probably prefer to do. Now, had I done this again, I probably would have preferred if I was going to do the roll-up, I'd probably bring this down now and go with something in the 49 Delta range.
0: Yeah. Keep the call.
1: Well, yeah, I keep it down here for well,
0: you. Ro- you're rolling it.
1: Yeah. yeah. I see. All right. So now we're in, You'd be in the lower position, and if you get a really big down move at this point of, you know, say, 100 points like we've been getting in the Russell from time to time, then it's not that big a deal Mm where in the big position. So that probably would have been the more intelligent move, and these are the things that you should be thinking about when you're trading. But um, anyway, that is not what happened. Let me uh, clear all these trades. And yeah, so the following day. This exceeded our profit target number, and we just move on. Which I probably would have done you know, either way, <laughs> whether I did it this way or the other way. But uh, anyway, so when you any- say
0: you're you're rolling up, it looks to me like the major changes are you're rolling up with some regularity, but you're take you're you're taking a long time, if ever, to roll back. Instead, yeah, you mean- managing your deltas through your. Moving the call around.
1: Yeah, if we if we get into the position where where the call basically had no delta to it, and we we're downside trouble, then we would roll it down. You
0: know. Right. Yeah. Right. Understood. Yeah. yeah. So um, so this it looks like this adaptation of the M three involves a lot less activity, basically. Right. Because if uh, you, if you tried to do the normal M three in this environment, you'd be ro- you'd probably be rolling
1: every day be rolling up rolling down rolling almost up, every rolling day down.
0: and you yeah you, the slippage alone would probably max you out or get or put a major major dent
1: in the profitability of the trade i don't see slippage as a problem because i usually make money when i roll things so right. okay <laughs> i know so not i don't know a lot of people think of that but normal normal <laughs> so what's what's the wrong with that i, have have I, john, I always I, make money when i move stuff john,
0: I, <laughs> move stuff. john just speak to the rest of us and the all rest all of right. us have slippers right, i'm sorry <laughs> all right well that that's the other thing i wanted everyone who has att- is attending here who uh, for example we had a comment from uh, someone earlier who uh was you know just didn't really know what the m3 was at all and even okay. though what you did was not a classic example of the m3 it was very close to the basic principles of the m3 and so i'm exactly. happy i'm happy yeah. everyone got got a chance to see an example of it now alex is asking does the quote, play at the back of the butterfly observation apply to configurations like the M3U and the Rhino?
1: Well, you're not symmetrical. So probably not. So look at your T plus zero yeah. line profile. You're going to get a different thing because one of the things if, again, it depends on your rule set. If if you're, in other words, if you, if you have a Rhino, right, it, it, that's always 50-40, right, on entry? Yep. So that being the case, Right now, in this environment, you're getting extremely positive delta from a 5040 butterfly right now. correct. okay, so then you can't play the back of the butterfly at that point. no,
0: and you, and yeah. the, basically rolling it the, the fact that it's forty 50 is sort of the equivalent of having in, in some respects a deep in the money call, right? yeah, there's no yeah, way right. to ha- there's no way to kind of move that call around to change the basic nature of the trade because it's, it' there is no call, you know so right. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, so you have to look at Different the dynamics of your T plus zero line. I mean, you look at a regular butterfly, you can see. I suppose if you maybe were 45, 50, you might be able to get away with getting a lot further back in the tent than normal. But 40, 50, you're just playing positive delta, and it's… Yeah. <laughs> not that that's a bad thing, right? Because the only way the only losing scenario if you're positive Delta going in is probably if the market comes down too fast. So that's not the end of the world. But well, anyway. John, why don't we we it looks like we got through all the questions
0: and I'd like okay. to spend a little time because I'm excited about what we're doing this year. Um, I don't I don't even know what Seth is doing this year. Oh, he hasn't told me yet. So <laughs> All right. you. Well, hold your breath. I'm holding my Spassen breath. Fasten your seatbelts. OK, now. So I want to show everybody, we're, we're, we're going to do a, something unique this year as far as um, the M3 and offering it to you in a really, you know, advantaged way for everybody. So let's first of all, just kind of review what we just heard. And for everyone to understand, millions of SMB capital dollars have been put behind the M3 over the years. And um, there's a reason for that because most of the traders on our desk, the M3 was sort of the turning point in their trading careers. Talk to Tom Hughes or Andre, uh, myself, right? Uh-huh. It, the, the M3 really was what kind of turned us from floundering to consistently uh, successful. And that's, you know, that's pretty big deal, I think, for people to just kind of process that. And of course, like many uh, market neutral option strategies, this allows you to win even when your market predictions are wrong. That's true of a lot of options market neutral strategies. But this one is so forgiving if you're if you're kind of sizing up the market was wrong that uh, you can easily recover from it. And that's that's very, very important. And and you don't tend to get into much trouble in the first place because of its design. Normally the M3, which. You, you'll understand when you get the system how much John has put into not only the original course and the bazillion slides and videos that he did, but also the the way he's kept up with it and added bonus material and sh- get provided modifications for everybody. It's like this living, breathing you know, organism that can, keeps getting better. And so the version that everyone's getting today is the best version ever. And this year we decided uh, during this period where we're going to be putting the uh, program on sale for the next six days, we're not, not only dropping the price $300 to 1175 It's normally 1475 But John did a series of group mentoring sessions call, that we call the, the Master Class Series. And within that, we dug into that and found five sessions that, that pretty much exclusively focus on the M3. And we are adding them for anybody who buys it over the next six days. You'd have to get, go out and get that master class series. Otherwise, we're taking, we're pulling those M3s out and we are adding those, those M3 oriented recordings, and we're adding those as five it's basically five more hours of teaching, live teaching on the M3 with live questions. And the importance of live questions are they're probably the kinds of questions you're asking if you had the opportunity. And so Here's what you're going to get with the M3 strategy. It's The initial program was five sessions. The, the fundamentals of the trade where John just you know lays out exactly how the trade works. Then he gives various examples. He shows various kinds of markets through actual examples. An October example, September example, and an August example. They're all different. They all bring out different aspects of the M3, and they all are within different market conditions. So it's very, very important to get that practical, uh, hands-on information. And then at session five, everything gets pulled together and it becomes, uh, he basically summarizes the trade entry and the adjustment options that you have. Then over the years since then, he did a bonus session on incremental adjustability, a bonus on M3 entries with multiple examples, a full system update of the M3 he did in August 2016 and then John had a Q&A live in 2018 and a Q&A live in 2019 that believe it or not is the core product okay that's the core product that you're getting so it's probably the most ex- extensive and updated advanced program that we have in you know in the SMB Option strategy series. Um, additionally, the five videos uh, are just stuff I'm asked about all the time. And, John, I'm sure you're asked about it all the time. People talk about the end game in the M3, uh, how to you know close the trade down, hedging choices. If you want to hedge the M3 further, how you would hedge it, managing the M3 into expiration, which is something that came up uh, earlier. So, and there's a full session on that. Comparing the M three with and without calls, and finally, probably the most asked question I get is, "Can you do the M three in the SPX?" So, those five videos—they're at least an hour long. John doesn't really stop himself at an hour usually, uh, <laughs> I and know, so I'm some that. <laughs> sometimes he'll go quite a bit longer. I haven't timed these, but these are this is at least five hours of bonus material for everyone. So this is you know this is undoubtedly the best kind of combination deal we've ever done on the m3 but i think it's worth it we've got all this material why not give it to people and 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 that's what we've decided to do this year so um what you want to do is go to m3options.com it's 1175 for the base course which is tons of information on its own plus the five free m3 group mentoring recordings from the master class series and this is for the next six days the the sale ends monday so you really want to start thinking about doing this now don't let the time get away from you and then you've you've uh, missed this um this terrific opportunity that is it john did you have any kind of concluding remarks you wanted to make well like i said
1: you know we're we're here to support people the the m3 program i think is the only program where you could It's it's extra money if you want to join, for example, our Go membership, but it's the only program where you can go in – with our programs, you can go in and join that membership, and you can get basically real-time information on how that's been trading and – back webinars of yes. the M3 in action since 2012. So that's just something to consider that support is there for you. In other words it's not just a you know a one time thing where you get a sale we we have a, a big support system in place. So make sure you just take advantage of that. And I guess that's it. I mean the M3 has been a wonderful trading strategy. It's it's been responsible for you know helping hundreds and hundreds of traders break through barriers in their trading. So uh,
0: I would say it's the if you ask Most people in the options income world, what was the turning point for you, they would say the M3 strategy. So Mm -hmm. if you haven't yet, you know, become an M3 trader, this is a really, really one of your best opportunities from a pricing and information standpoint because we're giving you those extra five recordings. I wanted to say that I'm getting a question repeatedly here, and yes, existing customers will get those five recordings also added to the course. So you're gonna go go ahead and be able to do that. Stefan's asking how much M3 experience is usually necessary before you can step up to the rock. Stefan is asking.
1: Well, the rock's a much more complex strategy than an M3. So I would say just make sure you're completely comfortable with the rules and concepts within the M3 trading strategy. And then if you are, then you know we can go for more. But one of the challenges people have is they try to do too much at once and they become overwhelmed. So just make sure that you really have the M3 concepts down and then you can just move forward.
0: Excellent. John did show an atypical example of the M3, but we're in an atypical environment. And everyone would have said, hey, well, what's happening in this environment? So we, we just addressed it directly. The truth is there are the M3, the market's normal most of the time, and the M3 will, res- the, you know, that normal market. You see the kind of results. Well, uh, you, know, you,
1: you know, a question I get us a lot, Seth, is, well, how will I know when it becomes a normal market? And that that is... The wonderful thing about the M3 strategy, because as it be, the market starts to become more and more normal, the butterflies are going to become more and more expensive. You're going to get more and more Delta. You're going to have to start cutting back. In other words, you'll, at some point, you'll have 20 butterflies, and you'll have to be at an 80 or 90 Delta call. It'll just automatically back adapt to That's interesting. where we right. were. Right. right,
0: exactly. That's how yep. you'll know. So. Yep. John, great job, as always. Really appreciate it. Guys, go to m3options.com. Check it out. Thanks very much, everyone. Thanks again, John. Have a great week, everybody, and uh, uh, check out m3options.com. Thank you, everyone. Take care. Thanks, John. Bye.